This episode of the Haunted Road Trips show is brought to you by evidential medium Tracy St. Croix. Most of us grow up hearing statements, beliefs, and judgments so frequently that as adults, our lives are subconsciously managed by them. Are you aware how this spaghetti highway expands into every issue of life, from relationships to money, fears, and beyond? Visit www.tracystcroymedium.com and sign up for a remapping session that gets you off the spaghetti highway so you can change your mind and change your life. Welcome to the Haunted Road Trip Show, where we bring you powerful conversations, insights, and exciting site investigations that reveal the paranormal world in a way you've never seen before, up until now. Tune in and become part of a community that enjoys the thrill of finding out what the paranormal world wants to teach you and solve the issues. Be sure to visit our website at www.hauntedroadtripsshow.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, prepare to have your thirst for curiosity satisfied as you enjoy ghost stories, haunted house stories, and more. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I know you're looking fabulous. I can see you in my mind's eye from here. Don't you hide that face. You pull your hair back and you look hot. (laughs) You know, this is your host, Tracy St. Croix of the Haunted Road Trip Show episode. I don't know. I don't keep track of that. (laughs) What I do know, what I am able to keep track of, is our fabulous fabulous guest that we have here today this is morgan hill and i met her in a very synchronistic way how most people meet online (laughs) right but i was online at a metaphysical event and right away was like we have to stay in touch with each other and we have And she is amazing because she is actually, I'm going to read from the sheet, guys, because I can't not do that. She is a classically trained actress who teaches acting and does guided intuitive energy work and oracle sessions. And I can vouch for her oracle sessions are like level 10 on fire badass. Just saying. (laughs) She talks about her first near-death experience when she was born, and she might talk about that today. She says she remembers it, and she's had a lot of metaphysical experiences throughout her life, and she is just a well-adversed metaphysician, actress, and into all of our favorite woo-woo stuff on here. And so today, say hi to Morgan Hill. Morgan, say hi to everybody. Hello, everybody. You do look amazing. Don't even try. Yes, yes. You look fabulous. Don't worry about it and quit giving a shit about other people's opinions. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes. So we are going to be talking all kinds of things. Metaphysics, ghosts, all of your, your questions that you guys want answered on here. So Morgan is... You are an overall metaphysician, but tell us what's your niche? Like, what do you, what is your like favorite jam to go to? 
Ooh, basically, if I just tap in, if I slide into my driver's seat of intuition, whatever comes up that way. I think it's why I always was drawn to theater and acting because the differences in the energetic spaces that we live in is we're creating entire other beings and creating energy within the theater or the set, which leads to all other sorts of visuals. I'm a master visualer. I teach it. I see it. Whenever I do work, I see visuals of all kinds everywhere. I'm also like bringing it into art. I think everything I, I love the, the term metaphysician. I've never heard it or been called it before, but I'm owning it. I'm wearing it. I've got the crown and the cape now. Done. That's right. Done. As one of my friends would say, I have a cloak for that. <laughs> Do you know, and a wand. That's right. He's always like, I have a cloak for that occasion. Don't worry about it. And um, a literal wand. Ooh. Yes. And so, oh, look at that pretty little piece right there. Rainstone, rainbow, rainstone. Yeah. I love it. So tell us about, because um, I, I, I think people will find your contrast interesting. That, mm-hmm. you know, you are in the metaphysical realm, but you also are, are an actress. And you have dealt in that kind of Hollywood-ish type of area on there well I think the interesting thing to me is I don't see a difference I started teaching acting about a year ago people I had this period of time a couple years ago where all these different studios started popping up asking me to teach I never got a degree in it I never went into it thinking I'd be a teacher but when so many different angles were asking me to teach I'm like maybe I should pay attention to this so I thought to myself how do I do it and how could I teach it? And realizing in all of my metaphysical nerddom of I'm constantly in courses like one where we met, um, the foundationals in acting are perfectly complementary married to the metaphysical teachings. And so if I can help people lock into who, what they really are, as you and I discussed previously to recording, yeah. and how to hone and harness that energy into creating whole other environments that you can't see but we can when we're creating the theatrical arts you've got you've got a walking metaphysician i don't think it should be called actors anymore people that really apply themselves are metaphysicians exactly i have had um I don't know if you want to call them encounters or I've been able to talk to people who are in that realm, who are kind of household names. And, and I didn't bring that up, but to me, I'm like, no, you're a total, you're doing transmediumship on a different level. And yes. they're just not aware. They're not calling it that mm-hmm. because you literally are invoking a spirit. Mm-hmm. Because you're whether you're playing a character or whatever, you're invoking a spirit of a character. You're feeling into that. You're allowing that emotion to embody you, to put that emotion out into the scene, into the character, into the whole entire thing. Like it is, yeah. It's a you're little... giving life to something inspirational. Yeah. You are giving life to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Sitting, and that's part of where I teach from. What I realize is the very first thing I need to teach is how we breathe based off of what we're experiencing. 
So when the body is experiencing breath in a certain part of it, we're experiencing a certain emotion, we're going through a different experience, how can we be in the driver's seat of harnessing our breath and our energy and making some art with it? That's interesting. That's a whole other kind of, yeah, ball of worms, I guess, when it comes to honing in on a craft of being an actor or an actress on this. And so I find it goes to all arts. I'm a writer as well. I'm a visual artist. There's nothing singing. All of the arts are based somewhere in how are we, I don't like the word manipulation, but in this way, it's kind of fun. How are we molding the energy to create this art? It's all we're doing. Because at least with acting, you have, you typically have a script. You typically know like where the scene is going to start, where it's going to end, or where the show is going to start, where it's going to end. So you can, you know, kind of have a good uh, roadmap. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like a roadmap going back and forth. And so have you, you've been on a lot of sets. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is super cool because in my mind, I, you know, go through and I see all these scenes in my mind of, you know, people walking around above you and doing lighting and everybody walking around and makeup artists and, you know, half-dressed people running around trying to get their clothes and things like that on there. So uh, I know I'm getting like totally off topic, but have you ever been on the set where you're like, I'm getting the oogity boogities here. Yeah. Um, and I have, like, my inner compass for the oogity boogities um, will physically make me ill. <gasps> and so each time my I, – I feel like the human veil never fully closed on me because of remembering the birth and the trauma that helpers are traumatic, but if you're going to remember it, I think there's something extra there. I – I am so, I have been so reactive to whatever energy is around me that it develops certain diseases, um, autoimmune conditions. And when I'm around, if I haven't fully shielded myself and I'm around some really potent toxicity, my muscles are like a pufferfish of pain. They just flare up. I can't move anymore. I can't speak. And so I started playing with the universe saying, just please place me in the right place at the right time with the right people for the highest good of all. Sometimes that's meant some really painful learning experiences, but I'm a much more aware aware creature anymore these days. And so I don't really find myself in those situations unless I need a reminder and like to strengthen the muscle of self-ownership. But yes, I've definitely been on a handful of sets where my body's like, and we're done. And I've been sent (laughs) home. Yeah. And cut. (laughs) Yeah, and cut scene enough (laughs) we're done here i'm going home on that you brought up a really interesting topic you had a near-death experience right after you were born yeah and i don't even know now as i we're sitting talking about it it's not the first time i've discussed it but being born and dying at the same time there's i don't know how much of a difference there is because I've had a few near-death experiences since, and it's all just a heightened level of energy. And so I'm not fully sure what happens. I've definitely traversed the unconscious humaning in my life experience. I spent the first half of my life, or third or fourth, or however it is long I'm going to live, in a level of disassociation 
because of the contrast I needed to experience to really create stuff in this section of my life. Right. But, um, yeah, the dying and birthing at the same time, I don't, it's an ineffable. There's not, a, there's not a human word for it, but it is about as potent and joyful and weird and wonderful as one might expect. That is very interesting. You know, there is um, kind of like a healing songs that, that I'll listen to. And one of the lines in one of my favorite songs says, um, you will never be born because you'll never die. Ooh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, and it's one of my most like relaxing songs on there. So, okay, that leads to me like how were you told this story growing up or did you figure this out through your spiritual journey? That's what happened, like a meditation or. Well, I never really forgot. And so it didn't make sense to me that it wasn't everybody else's experience. So when I got a little older and we're walking around and living amongst extremely disassociative human condition in a, in a Stepford like environment and town with people of people that I love and I'm thankful for. Um, I, I didn't know that it was considered wrong or bad or weird or taboo until people were like, okay, freak, that's, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Um, and my going, I don't, I don't know a different experience. I, it's weird to me that you don't remember your birth. It's weird to me. I remember the moment, my first birthday, I trained myself to be afraid out of empathy. Yes, you for, for prote- self-protection, you must protect the abuser. Well, my mother was afraid. And ah. it didn't make sense to me, but I knew that if I was afraid, because she, she was scared I was going to get hurt. I was playing, my best friend Light showed up on my candle. And Light is what I first, my very first human, the the womb came up, it was cesarean section. I saw from the natural light that we all are, you know, there was like a cloak over it. Like if you're, like you put your hand up to your face, you know, your eyes are closed, but it's really, really light. It kind of looks like that. And then it was more light, and it was mingled with the natural light and the artificial light of the emergency room, because I was born seven and a half weeks early. I was born in the wrong year. So I really wanted the birthday that I had, I guess. But I wasn't touched by human hands for the first several weeks of my life. What played with me, what touched me, my constant companion was light, whatever form it was. And so on my birthday, when they were singing and bringing me this gorgeous, sugary mound of amazingness with my best friend on top of it, the candle, the light, I got really excited. I was so excited, and I went to reach it because I wanted to play with the candle. My mom and my peripheral vision started screaming. She was so scared I was going to get hurt, and it didn't make sense to me, but intuitively I went, okay, if, if I scream and cry and pretend that I'm afraid of this, it's going to make her feel better. So entering in a lifetime of if I am, am sad and scared and in danger, I'm going to make other people feel better. And the amount of weird traumas that I have survived since until I came up with that aha just months ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Has been, has been pretty unique. I, I have this theory that our life experience 
is modeled off after how we were born. I've given birth four times. I've talked to my other friends about their births and I, I haven't been proven wrong yet. Wow. That's interesting. Um, I do believe that, that how we come into this world has a little bit of, of mark, you know, leaves. Pattern, mark. Yeah. 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 It depends on, on what's happening, what our mother is feeling, what, what's going on around it, what, you know, all of those factors. It's super interesting. Um, there's a really, I, my most beloved show is called Sense8 and it's on oh. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I have. And I've worked with one of the actors on there. Yeah. I'm so jealous. You're going to have to tell me off screen who it is. Yeah. Ah, um, but they have in uh, one of the shows where they're all shown their birth. Mm-hmm. For, and you have to watch the show because it's a specific purpose. And just watch the show. You'll like fall in love and then you'll write Netflix hate mail about why they didn't have a third season, just like the rest of us. Um, bring, it new. bring it back like everything else is. Exactly. Bring it back. Well, I, fix the WGA. Fix the writers. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Please fix the writers. Jesus. It will. It will. It will get sorted out. And I always have a feeling that the writers are going to come up on top. But I feel like when and I, I tell this a lot to a lot of people, you know, depending on how we come into this world and the traumas that we might or might not experience, you know, we might look at those as, oh, my God, we're damaged good. Or, oh, my God, I have so much wreckage from the past to clean up. Right. It's like, yeah, but you got some really big treasure troves out yes. of all that. The big soul big shit. Yes, as, as we start cleaning up the muck in the guck, you're going to realize that like, oh, my intuition was protecting me the whole time. And the reason why it's so strong is because I grew up in an environment where I was forced to be hyper aware, like for my safety or for others or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. You know, and that's, that's kind of like, like, I always like to say, you never watch a Disney movie or you never watch any type of movie where, you know, the heroine or the hero, like, grows up in this wonderful, like, utopian situation and becomes this, you know, magical person with a snap of a finger. No! (laughs) (laughs) Like, something happens to them and... Yeah, more than yeah, more than most. A lot of things happen to them. So you're very good at seeing energy in the spirit world. So do you tell me how you see actual like spirit world? Do you see them as energy? Do you see them in your mind? Do you see them outside of your mind? Ooh, that's a great question. Well, that was another thing when I was growing up. I've always seen stuff, stuff in light, like threads. I realized. in my early days as a young single mother, that what I was seeing when I just had time to myself in the universe was the molecular structure of the universe and how everything has a different code. And I started seeing different circles start to blend with certain threads. And I can see threads of connection between people. And um, it's almost now that I'm playing with it consciously, it's almost like I'm turning up and down a volume. So if I'm just going into my day and I'm in full human mode, I don't see it. But if I sit back and I center myself, I'm like, okay, I'm going to play today. I can turn different 
senses up or down. And especially when I'm doing energy sessions, I'm going to turn it all the way up so I can fully intuitively touch into what the person I'm working with needs. And there's always something new. I do always get visuals, though. Always. And sometimes auditory, sometimes people's loved ones will come and say stuff. I don't know if I'm so much of a medium other than it just happens sometime without my looking for it. That's usually how it happens with a lot of people. That's kind of how it, it, in some ways it hit me over the head and in some ways it, it, it did not. Like it didn't shock me when I finally accepted it, I would say. Gotcha. It's like, yeah, remember your like backyard was a graveyard and like across the street was another graveyard and then like in front of your house was <laughs> your home. Like, hello, McFly. <laughs> McFly. Yeah, I think that with all of the metaphysical gifts that we all have and whatever it is our current human slash spirit purpose is, some of them will become more prevalent. I can do it. But I feel very strongly it's not part of my path. It's just like a flavor that will come in to enhance something from yes, time the, to time. This situation. Yeah. I, I think that you brought up a really good point is that I tell a lot of people, like, you don't always have to be, like, seeing things in your mind. Like, if that's not working for you, then try to feel out the situation. Yeah. That's not working for you. Then try to hear what's not being said. Mm-hmm. And you have all these other gifts, like tune into them, play around with them. Yes, yes, yes. That's so exciting to me because one of the other things I started really teaching and acting was how to hone and harness all the different senses. I've been working with a young actor who has aphantasia. She doesn't have, she's blind in her mind's eye or so she thought. When we got really, really good at what her strongest sense is and we started strengthening with that, she's now having glimpses. And so we have access to all of them. It's just about what's our strength and there's a reason for it. So let's not feel bad about what we might not be able to do. My beautiful stepmom is so frustrated that I can access mediumship and she wants to so bad, but law of the universe, I think the harder you try, the less you're able to do it. But if you strengthen what you're naturally joyfully good at, you might be surprised at what else comes about. Yes, I didn't really, and and that's exactly the point. Like, I really tried to fit something else, like, instead of the mediumship, because when it came down to it, I was really scared of it. Ooh, that's, I hear that's pretty I was, I wasn't, and and here's the thing, I I wasn't scared of spirit. I was scared of the responsibility that came with it. Ooh, that's such a potent. When I got down to my motives about well, you've been talking to dead people since day one. And it was very comfortable for me. But the responsibility of channeling for other people and being, you know, and having that, that was what I was like, wait a minute. I might be criticized yeah. here. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. Sure. Yay. So... My interest is, I know when I started doing energy sessions for pay, I felt there's a different energy there. And typically, I think those of us with a good heart that just want to help, we struggle with receiving money for a minute by doing these for people. But as a medium, I have heard the same thing with my other medium friends who are scared of the responsibility. But what about from an empathetic 
standpoint, the amount of need and likely grief that's coming from a client and not wanting to disappoint and hoping that it's supercharged that day or not. Did you experience any of the? Oh, yeah. I mean, that that will, you know, that, um, you know, that I must be perfect and perfection isn't allowed or, or progress isn't allowed. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know. I realize that that people will come to me in different states. Yeah. And what was drilled into my head, and you would love the Arthur Finley College of Psychic Sciences, darling, in Stansted, just north of London. That's the real Hogwarts, girl. You need. Okay. That's where I got my. Yeah, that's where. Hey, that's where I got my training at through the Spiritualist Church. It's a haunted castle. <laughs> Can we go together? Can we have a girl? Yes. Oh my God, girl. I know we're getting the princess room. I've stayed in there before. <laughs> it has, it does. It has the best view, everything. Anyway. All right. Done. Yes. So that's where, and they have like online or in-person classes on all kinds of from psychic detective to medium shows, whatever. Yes. And so I, you know, I was taught through, you know, teachers there that like, your job is you work for spirit spirit is your employer yes and your job every day is to show up and be the best for spirit and be the best for who's ever in front of you your Mm -hmm. job is not to beat yourself up about results right yep your job is not a ch- an automatic checklist must make said person happy because you might never, nobody might not be able to make that person happy. Yeah. Your job is to bring through the messages from spirit and let it go and let it flow. Yeah. And for you to do the best with integrity and staying in light. And if, you know, and I was also taught there, like, if you're not feeling that, if you're not feeling you can connect with that person, if you're not feeling refund the person, make a referral out because there's probably a reason why you're not supposed to be the medium to connect with that person. Maybe you don't have that experience to understand what that spirit wants to communicate. And We're so that's connector rather than the channel. Exactly. And that's why I tell people like, all mediums, even though we could connect with a lot of spirits, it's just that some mediums might do it better because they have the experiences that that deceased person have had or that they want to convey to the loved one or the relationship. I love that. And even if the, you're, we're the channel rather than the connector rather than the channel, the moment of that connecting is beneficial for both parties for some reason anyway it's some sort of up leveling patience or ego release or you know the synchronicities are still beneficial yeah and I tell you know and I have like a handful of times I've turned away people because I'm like when did your loved one just pass and they're like oh you know two days ago or a week ago and I'm like oh no 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 no. here's your money back you come back to me in about 30, 60 days when you're not, you know, when you're a little bit more collected and you've gotten past the initial grief, like we're not, I'm not doing that. Integrity for the win. Love that about about the school. Yeah. Yeah. Like integrity for the win. And for people out there, like if you're, you know, don't give somebody money just to show up to cry. Like you just (laughs) 
willing to watch you cry. Like, you know, collect yourself and, and really give, you know, yourself time to be able to accept a proper reading from spirit on that. And that was a part of what I had to learn was the responsibility, not even just as mediumship, but being a good metaphysician and being a good ambassador for spirit that like, you know, I'm going to show up and I promise, I promise spirit. I promise the people or person in front of me, I'm going to do my absolute best. I can't control the results. Like I tell people a lot when I'm reading them, like if you want names and code words and if you're only looking for like one or two things and if I don't bring that through, then this isn't your loved one. Well, let me tell you, let me refund you and you can leave now. Yeah. Because you are automatically putting expectations and blinders on this reading and you know, I want you open because what if they want to talk about something a lot more joyful and, and Mm -hmm. glorious and something completely different? Yeah. Yep. Releasing expectation always comes with the best gifts. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, that is so funny. Yeah. So that's cool. So you're going to bring metaphysics to Hollywood. Yeah. Let them know like, no, you're really channeling like energy, not technically dead people, but yeah, they could be. Like, if I was an actress, I would probably be channeling a lot of dead people to be like, how do I do this wrong? Or and to be really, like, how do I play you or something? Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Like, but how did you really feel? Boundaries, yeah. though, because art will imitate life for those of us with extreme powers of empathy. <laughs> so I'm playing a, a, a murderess who is in a well-known cursed play, and I've been in that show twice uh curse won't follow me there's grounding techniques oh yeah yeah not gonna say the name of the play if i think that's a good young, idea yeah scottish but yeah um <laughs> but y- yes knowing there's so much to learn and something that i was raised on as an actor from a young age was the phrase the more you know the less you know it's an ever-ending cycle of learning and the best actors Dame Judi Dench, Sir Ian McKellen, Sir Anthony Hopkins are all in their golden late years. And retirement is an ugly word to them. They're like, I just learned this new thing today. They're constantly in motion. And that's what we literally are. We're telling stories in motion, like Colette Baron-Reed, one of our mentors says, we're stories in motion and we're creating them. So do your due diligence, be in integrity, and be a great facilitator for the story. Yes. And that's, and, and that's exactly what, what we teach a lot. And even you guys, if you're listening and even if you're, you know, you're never going to go to a class or do anything like that, you know, you could still do training at home and just always think like, how would I want to receive that message? If you're going to give a tiny little message to somebody, just, you know, think about that. Like, mm, is that really the wisest idea on there? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, to be able to do that. But I mean, the spirit world is is totally infinite. And I always tell people, you don't always have to give those messages. And that's a whole nother conversation. I'm like, look, if spirit found you, they'll find somebody else. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, biggest thing too, like whether I'm doing energy work or teaching acting or even showing up to an environment where I've been cast, I realized that some of these places just aren't for me. And that means that the right people at the right time are going to be there. We yeah. show up in service, like we shine on behalf of the divine, another Colette Baron Reed thing. 
we are there to show up in service, not to please somebody else. Yes. We are big Colette Baron Reed fans. And yeah. Well, that's where we met. So, like, that's she's so. Yeah, that's birthday. how we. That's how we met. So we have done a lot of her programs and schools and and all of her goodies that she absolutely has to bask in and drown in. It is. And speaking of goodies, you guys, Morgan does have. Let's see. Um, she is. She is offering. Let me see. A free online class. If you're a performing artist or those interested in getting to know their artistic selves better with a chance to win a private coaching session. And I'm sure, is that link going to be in your, in your website that we can add on here? Yes. I just barely went from independent. I just started teaching at a studio. And so we're in talks for moving my online class to there. So the online class is on pause. And so right now, if you're interested, whether it's a metaphysical session or a performing artist getting to discover yourself as an artist session there, we can have that as a key prize now. And once the online class resumes, I'll reach out to Tracy and they can... In the meantime, reach out to her, guys, even, you know, if you know somebody or maybe, I don't know, do you have chit-chats for people who want to talk about acting, if they should be in acting, or do you have chit-chatties? Chit-chatties? What are chit-chatties? I don't know. Do you have, uh, are are people able to schedule a call with you? Yeah, absolutely. Just email me right now at morganeliza.acting at gmail.com, and I'll set something up. And we will put that in the show notes for you guys to be able to have access to. And for you guys that are on my newsletter and all of that, it will be assured to be in there. So I love to play. And I knew you were going to be the perfect person to be able to play this with. So I have a game. Yay, games. Okay. (laughs) And it's called, are we going to book it? Are we going to book it? Okay. Right. Okay. All right. So let me, I know share screen is going to work perfectly for me this time. I just know it. Okay. What a fun game for an actor to play. My goodness. I thought, oh my God. Okay. So here we go. This is one of my favorite Instagram pages. Shout out to cheap old houses. I freaking love you guys. Oh my gosh. So. The contestant, first contestant, is in Abbeville, Georgia. Okay. $130,000, dibs on the tower room, only if you get there first before me, little lady. Okay. (laughs) Let's see. It says that it is a proud, historic Queen Anne-style home that is constructed from beautiful, tight-grained, old-growth pine and exhibits Italian masterwork throughout. Built for the Fuller family and steeped in local lore. Oh, really? Ooh. Top 10 rooms provide, or I'm sorry, 10 rooms provide ample space for residential or commercial use and strong internet. Okay, that's good. (laughs) Restoration has begun in new paint and loads of material on hand to finish the job. All right. And it goes on to tell more stats. You guys check this out. Okay, the outside... I, I, I'm all right. I, I'm questioning how long do we have if if we get if we have to book here. How long are we booking it? That's it's 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 got potential. So let's go in. Well, okay, okay. We need some plants. 
It's so crickety and lovely. Yes, it is. Okay. No wasps nest, but the porch looks lovely. Oh. <gasps> oh. <gasps> fireplace? It's like an Italian style fireplace. Oh my god. I I it says it has internet. So I'm hoping electricity comes with this. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, look at that staircase. I, you know, depending on how long here, I would book it. I assume this is the tower room. Oh, that's all sorts of magic. Can you just feel the seances in the middle of it? You know what? I was just thinking, I was like, oh, we could do seances in that. That's a seance room. I don't even know what this is, but this looks cool. I don't even know. It, what it looks is. like a dumbwaiter, maybe. Maybe. That high up in the, well, Maybe. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about the outdoor patio. Ooh. Oh, that hallway looks creepy to me. Oh, that's an what a great picture. I know. I was like, that is a very interesting angle. So I would go a, a hard, I would have a seance or do a mediumship demo or something there. I don't know about booking and stay there. I didn't get to see bedrooms. I didn't get to see bathrooms. So I can't, I can't really say. Oh, and we're at the end of the carousel, huh? We are at the end of the carousel. Yeah, I'd like to visit it, but I don't know if I'd book it either. Okay, so consensus is we're, we're, we're booking it the hell out of there. Okay. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll come for lunch. Okay. Yeah. Tea time. Let's try this one out. Ooh. You guys, we're going overseas, okay? We're going to take a trip, and I'm going to totally mispronounce this, but we are in Montiagro, Italy, okay? 50,000 euros. I don't know how much that is. 55,000 in American dollars. Let's see. They go on to say that this is uh, the, the country of booksellers, and they offer a historic house. About 130 square meters from independent entrance. Huh, I don't know. I yeah, we I don't know metrics, so I don't know on that. <gasps> Look, composed on the ground floor of a vaulted cellar on the first floor entrance, living room, kitchen with fireplace. I like a good vault. I do. Let's like go inside. The outside is looking sturdy. It's steady. It's it's that, you know, messianic style of you know, um, built to last stonework. Looks like there's a tower rooms. Almost looks like an old factory. Like, it really does. Carl Dickens would go get some super shoes there. That's they've got a greenhouse. They've got a view. <gasps> uh, Look at the ceiling. Look at the doors. Huge doors. Those are like Bigfoot doors, girl. <laughs> like Bigfoot, the, they've got orange terracotta petal tiles everywhere. And the ceiling is, I'm really bad with interior decor language, but it is um, decorated, we shall say. Let's I love that they call it painfully romantic. 
Yeah, this I think the pain part is probably more on your pocketbook than the <laughs> because it does it it it's gonna need some love. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, those are, look, there's an eerie photo of somebody standing back there. That I like. And now the next uh, is it a torture chamber? It's like like uh, uh, late is at this night. The, ooh, <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Is this where you seat before you have to? Ooh, I don't know about that. Ooh. Yeah, very very Morticia and Gomezy. Um, okay. This place is confusing because you're giving me mixed messages here. How castle in Italy. That's an interesting room. I, okay, subscribe to their new letter. You know, I think I'm going to take a hard pass on that. I'm not, I'm not feeling safe there. Yeah, I don't know if someone would pay me to go there and I do it. I'm not a fan either. Yeah, I'm not, I, 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 we're going to, the consensus is, guys, we're, uh, it's a no. We're booking it on both of them. We, you know, we yeah. can't handle that. You know, I can handle the spirits that are in there, but I can't handle dirt. I can't handle. <laughs> in a torture chamber. In a, yeah, like a torture chamber. Like in a fireplace. Old, old like, a Masonic type torture room <laughs> on yeah. On there, and I have a very interesting uh, date that correlates in my life with uh, the Masons that I've always been very, like, hmm. Oh, that's interesting. First of all, I was thinking of the torture chamber, then you said date, and I'm like, okay, it's going to be that type of show now. <laughs> I'm just I don't know, no, 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 but I have, a very, I have a very interesting correlate with, with some important numbers in my life that correlate with uh, dates that to, yeah, to, um the uh nights of um i am just stumbling and losing everything um i think i know what you're talking about i also have a very very potent history yes. with masonry yeah i i, I will leave it at that because i don't want to i don't want to f this up but i will tell you yeah. what um we are going to have to have another chat here darling because this was just fabulous it's a lot of fun. It Thank is you. a lot of fun. You guys go look her up. She's fabulous. If anybody needs her for acting, teaching skills, look her up as well. She's absolutely fabulous. You guys, this was a great talk and we'll have to have you back soon. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you for tuning into the Haunted Road Trips show, where we share powerful conversations, insights, and exciting site investigations that reveal the paranormal world in a way you've never seen before up until now. Remember to visit our website at www.hauntedroadtripsshow.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Haunted Road Trips show. And remember, paranormal history is dying to be heard.